Ready to spice things up in the bedroom? Treat yourself to a pair of exceptional leather restraints and collars from Leather Etc. Whether you've been getting kinky for years or are just looking for something fun to bring to your relationship, Leather Etc. has what you're looking for. Don't let low quality gear ruin the mood. Chafing, sharp edges, and broken hardware are distractions that you don't want in the bedroom. A high quality set of gear lets you get lost in the moment. You can struggle all you want in our restraints that are virtually unbreakable. When you buy from Leather Etc., you're purchasing something that will become a part of your intimacy for years to come, and when properly cared for, our gear will last you a lifetime. Much of our gear features no metal on the wearer's skin. This means it won't cause discomfort and it's better for subs with nickel allergies. 95% of our restraints and collars are handmade in San Francisco by a staff with over 200 years of combined experience. We start with the highest quality leather hide and stitch it together by hand using techniques we've learned from over 35 years of being in business. That's why our gear is the highest quality you'll find anywhere. So what are you waiting for? Grab a pair of handcuffs or a collar from Leather Etc. and see what a little kink can do for your love life. Visit leatheretc.com and use promo code READMEROMANCE for 10% off your order and let them know we sent you. Leather Etc. Made with love for love since 1985. Welcome back, lady listeners. Hi. Hi, hi, hi. Welcome back to the second installment of Rural Romance by Alexa Riley. It's us again. Yay. On the Read Me Romance (laughs) podcast. I thought we were doing Oh my gosh, right? (laughs) Oh, you thought we were doing like a super professional intro? Yeah. No. (laughs) (laughs) So... I'm going to talk about what I've been reading because I knew this would take a whole episode just to discuss. Well, I say that, but you know, no, I just want to take up some time to discuss what I'm reading. I have recently started reading Mariana Zapata and it is based on our friends that are the closest to us that love these books. They Mm -hmm. love them. And if you mention Mariana Zapata and someone else has read her, it's like a cult, okay? Uh-huh. It literally is a cult. The people that have read the the MZ books. And so, and it's insane to me because I think she publishes like maybe one a year, if that. And they're over 100,000 words. Like these are like 700 page books. Like, they like no old school jo- Kristen Ashley. Yes, yes. So there's a few things I'd like to mention that I did not know before reading Mariana Zapata that the I knew the books were long. I knew like, okay, I'm getting an 800 page romance. Let's go for it. I did not realize on a 18, 19 hour audio that you get one sex scene and it's <laughs> usually within the last hour of the book. So for those who need that, you're not going to get it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like if you have to have a sex scene in a book and it has to be like fully detailed, Mariana Zapata is not for you. But yeah. if you want a good romance that is, 
not you want a great romance that is also a friendship and that's what I feel like all of her books are is that the the hero and the heroine become friends and they're friends the entire book and at the end of it they realize like they both admit they love each other and then there's a sex scene and it's never super detailed it's usually a page and a half it's some of it's alluded to and then that's it and then you've got about 30 minutes to the end of the book of them in love and together and so and then there's usually an epilogue and that's really good so the epilogue isn't again it's not a lot of sex i don't know that they're okay i'll say that i'm on my third mz book and it's because they're so fucking long the first one i read was the best one that was recommended to me that's from everybody said read wall of winnipeg and that is about a NFL football player and his assistant. And in the very beginning of the book, I think I even talked about this before the break. That's how long I've been reading these fucking books. At the very beginning, like the first second, first or second chapter, she quits. And he tries to get her back. And so it's about like him realizing all she did for him. And then they become friends. Like he's an asshole to her at the very beginning of the book. And she quits. And then he's like, no, like, you're my best friend. <laughs> like, she just didn't, you know, she was like, what the fuck? Like, it's about the two of them realizing it and becoming friends and their relationship. And it's so well written. The thing that I, all right, so I, that was the first one I read. The second one I read was from um, from Luke Off with Love. I don't know that I'll ever top this book. Like, I don't know that I'll read another Marion is a Potter book that is that good because it was so fucking good. So fucking good. And when I tell you what it's about, you'll be like, that doesn't even sound hot. So the movie, The Cutting Edge, do you remember that movie about the ice skater? She was a figure skater in the Olympics and she lost her partner. And so they pair up with a hockey player who has to learn how to ice skate, like figure skate. I think so. And they go to the Olympics and it really is enemies to lovers. So that's what this book is. It's very similar to that. So it's about an ice skating hero and heroine. And like to say that out loud does not sound exciting at all. I don't know. Hockey players are pretty hot. Uh, he's not a hockey player. He's a figure skater. Like he's a oh. professional figure skater. But well, this I sort of like, I know. <laughs> so, uh, well, that was in the movie. Okay, so in the book, he is her 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 best friend's brother. He's her best friend's older brother, and they have always hated each other. He calls her Meatball. Like that's like his mean name for her because she's like really strong and solid. Like she's an incredible figure skater because she's got so much muscle, mm-hmm. and most women don't have the strength to do the moves that she does. But he teases her and calls her Meatball because she's so little and meaty. <laughs> so like and it's, it's a, a fucking dick, but it's, it's funny. I know and he says it like in a dick way but the difference between from luke off with love and the wall of winnipeg is that the football player in the wall of winnipeg didn't realize that she was amazing he was just like wait where why are you leaving like he didn't see her before that from luke off with love he's always wanted her always Mm-hmm. And so, like, this is about her figuring it out. Like, oh, he's kind of a dick to me, but it's because I'm a dick to him. Like, it's our joke. Like, that's our inside thing. Like, she calls him, like, like shitty nicknames and stuff, too. But she means it mean. And he just thinks, like, oh, that's how she jokes around. Like, she calls me names and I call her Meatball because I love her. Well, you the know? great thing I've noticed you've explained about both of these, which uh-huh. are great, 
is yeah. they're almost, it sounds like grovel books. Oh, yeah. And there's 100%. nothing better than a book with a full-on grovel. I think one of the books yes. I talk about, Sam Crescent, is mm-hmm. about how he's a bully. So you know through the whole fucking book, he's mm-hmm. got to crawl through gra- uh, glass to yep. get back to it. Yep. Oh, there's one scene in Luke Hovel's Love. And I'm telling you, I went back and listened to it like three or four times because she goes in and she's like doing a move or whatever. And she comes down wrong and she's laying on the ice and she's fucking hurt. And he comes over beside her. He's like, don't you cry. Don't you fucking cry. He was like, you suck those tears up. And he's like mad at her. He's getting in her face. And like, she starts crying. He's like, don't you fucking cry. He's like, not one fucking tear. And she's just like, okay. Okay. And she was like, I just sucked him back up. And he was like, you hold your shit together. He was like, you don't let them see your tears. And it was just like, oh my God, I love this. And like, <laughs> I'm in the car, like sobbing. One of the great <sighs> things about her is she can keep you into the story that's long. And when you have, when you have a story that long and you really mm-hmm. get to know the characters, you get to have incredible scenes like that one. Yep. They, it means so much more. And another thing I love about her, two pages in and you're in the story like she somehow writes it so easy like her her verbiage her uh, like descriptions are not over the top they're not long-winded I mean she does a lot of like internal dialogue but it doesn't ever feel super repetitive to me it always feels like okay like you're really getting to know the characters and then by the time the payoff comes it's I don't even care if they're sex like because their relationship is so good. It's, so I have a question. So is, yeah. what is the third one, just out of curiosity? The third one's the one I'm reading right now. And is that the culty. one that just came out? No, no, no. I'm saving that one because everybody has... I was going to say, so- you think this one's the best, but I heard the last one yes. that read is the best. I've heard that the all... Is it a ro- a roads lead here or something? All roads or so- whatever. Mm-hmm. The last one she wrote, okay. I've heard that that's her best book ever, but I don't want to read it yet. Yeah, so I it's awesome say that, that you, maybe you think you, you're like, how could this get better? Maybe exactly. it's about to. I know. So I don't. But from Lukov with love, it was front to back. It was perfect because the hero was in it from the beginning. So that. and I just love that. I love that they had this whole story of them two being together and like him just being really tough on her and like not letting her, you know, be weak and he's like, "No, like don't you fucking cry." Like, you know, because he knew that she would look back later and be like, "God, why did I cry? Like, why did I give that to them?" Why uh-huh. I and he knew like, "No, don't do that. That's going to be like the thing you're that's going to break. You don't do it." So like right now I'm reading Colty and that's what everybody has always said like oh I'll start with Colty it's my favorite it's my favorite I think even like I, I can't remember how many people have said this like uh, seriously everybody's told me read Colty but you know a friend of ours that reads Mariana Zapata she was like that's she was like I don't even really remember much about that book she was like it never really stuck with me and she's read all of them I think but she was the one that said you're gonna love from Lukov and it, it, I absolutely did I was like holy shit this was it but um, with Colty, that's the one I'm reading now. And it's about the girl that's a soccer player. Um, she plays professional soccer. And there's a new coach. And he is a retired soccer player that's 13 years older than her. And she was in love with him when she was younger. Mm-hmm. She's the He's the reason that she plays soccer. She had posters of him all over her room. 
She had birthday parties for like his his face everywhere, like on the cake. Like she was obsessed with them. It was like a kid being obsessed with like a Packers fan, you know, Packers player. So it was like every birthday and stuff. And when she found out he like when she was, I think, 13 or 14, he got married and she ripped all the posters down in her room. And she was like, it broke my heart. It was the worst day of my life. Like it was awful. So now she's older and she's playing professional soccer and he's retired and he comes to coach her team and he is an asshole. And in the very beginning, he's an asshole to her dad. Like her, his, her dad is like a super fan of his. His name's Colty and he goes to meet him and he's rude to her dad and she goes up and chews him an asshole, just rips it open. Like, and, but she doesn't call him any bad names because they, they told her like, you'll be suspended if you like, cause he's such a great player. He's like the greatest player, blah, blah, blah. And he's got all this press and these PR and everything. And she's like, well, I can't call him. Like I can't curse at him. I can't like say all this stuff. So she goes up and she was like, you fucking bratwurst. <laughs> she goes, bratwurst. And then she was like, you piece of German chocolate cake. <laughs> like she's just, it's silly. Like the way she's doing it. But it's divorced but, now. Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. Like they were only married a year and like, she said there were, like, rumors of them both, like, like her cheating and running around and photos and stuff, like, like the prenup and everything. Like, she was trying to get more money out of him, and he was just, like, like, he was just, like, I got to get out of this. This is so much drama. She was, like, a socialite or something, and so he, they got divorced, like, a year later, and so, but... He is such an asshole. So it's, again, it's the grovel that now he's, like, trying to be her friend. And he's coming back from this redemption. And I'm over halfway through the book, and I'm just, like, I really love it. It's not topping from Lukov yet. I don't know if it will, like, by the time the, the payoff comes with the grovel. But I know. Sometimes I books, you know, come out of nowhere and knock you on your ass. Like, oh! I know. I know. And that's the best thing that's, I ever read. Uh-huh. And so it's just, I've enjoyed it so much. It's there again, they're really long books. Uh So it's taken me a lot of time to get through them. I mean, I have to devote a ton of time and like, I mean, it's awful to have to drive around and listen. (laughs) So, (laughs) but between those books, um, I've been reading the ice or been listening to the ice planet barbarians because so many of them are in audio. Yeah. So I went back through and started listening to some of the ones I hadn't read yet. And I was like, this is so great. So Uh Somebody mentioned, I think they're all on, maybe not Spotify, but um, Chirp or something like that. I think somebody said like they were, oh, Chirp is what um, most libraries use. And they're on that. So you can get the audibles free from your library. Yeah. For Ice Planets. And someone also said that the entire book of Neon Gods by Katie Roberts is free on Spotify. That you can listen to it on there, I think. Which yeah, write I all no these idea. down so I can put them in there. I yeah. know, I know. I just thought about that. I was like, shit, I should be taking notes. <laughs> but um, I'll write it down. But somebody posted it up in Read Me Romance. I absolutely love when somebody comes in with, red alert, this is on sale. <laughs> I love that too. I know, it's my favorite. So um, for those of you who have definitely been yelling at me to read Mariana Zapata, like I finally did it and it's amazing. You know, I've got so many books that that have been recommended by her before and I've downloaded I think I I bought like five after I read from Lukov I think I downloaded like five more of her books and if you put them in your wish list that's another trick I found on audible just stack books in your wish list because they'll send you an email and be like oh your wish list is half off today and like or your your wish list is buy one get one free and it's anything that's in there you can get on sale so 
I just constantly am putting books in there. And when they tell me that it's a sale, I just buy them on my wish list. So, so do that. So have you read anything or done anything since, since our break? What did you do? I didn't do anything really. I started playing a video game. What video game is it? Warcraft. Oh God, no. (laughs) You've gotten back into it again. Well, I'm not hard into it. I'm like, mm-hmm. it's classic. So they went back to the old stuff I did like when I first started nice. playing like so many years ago. Uh-huh. So I've been playing like I'm only half a level away from being all the way level. Holy shit. Yeah. So, but now you only have to go to 70. So. Oh, that's all. <laughs> I'm only half, but I'm not like rushing anything because like I said, I'm getting nervous. Like it's weird because I've been setting at half a level because I know once I start doing things, I can become obsessive. And I'm like, I'm not really ready to be obsessive about you right now. (laughs) Yeah. I know. So what happens when you tap out? Like when you get to the top one, what happens? That's it? So now I get to 70 and then it's like this whole world. I have to level out like two professions and I have to do my fishing. And then I need to start doing dungeons to get better gear. And then your gear has to be so good to start going to some of the raids Mm -hmm. and yeah. It's just a whole process, and when I do something, I like I'm either mm-hmm. doing it or I'm not doing it. Yeah, so I think I'm like waffing them if I'm really going to do this or not. You know, I got that way about Animal Crossing. I loved it so much. It was so much. The worst mistake I ever did was time travel. As soon as I did that, I lost interest. Like it's I time really travel. should. So on the Switch, you can set the time and date to whatever you want it to be. So, but in the game, if the game forces you to wait like days to do things. So if like you want to build a house, okay, you have to pay for it today and then you have to wait tomorrow for it to be built. You literally have to wait like That's, eight hours. So I think I would need that. That's good. Yeah. It forces you to do that. But when I, when somebody was like, oh, well just time travel. And I was like, I don't know. I don't really want to like hack the game, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, it's fine. Just do it once. And that's fine. It's like cocaine. You can't just do it once. (laughs) Like I started doing it all the time. I was abusing it. <laughs> I was blowing guys for money. Like, it got bad. <laughs> I've already, I know, it's just terrible. People are going to be mad that I said it. But I've already done, like, to be able to get, like, flying mounts, you have to, like, go out and do work and make gold. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this would take me hours upon hours to mm-hmm. do. And I don't have hours and hours when mm-hmm. it would take me, you know, I can just spend $100 and just have it. Yeah, yeah. To so have somebody give me the gold and I just buy it and be able to go on. But mm-hmm. it, no, either way, I could never, I could never mm-hmm. do it. I could never do my life and be able to do all of that. Yeah. No, it's no, no. It's so possible. true. Like, what's your time worth, you know? Yeah. I'm like, but it's that's not like, possible. Th- I did the same thing on Amazon. There was this um, this thing, like you could pay $5 and you could go get all these tickets. So on, um, on Amazon, listen, on Animal Crossing, when you want to travel somewhere, you have to have like a little ticket to fly mm-hmm. on the plane. And to get those, you have to like do things to get points in order to buy the tickets. And it takes so fucking long. And I was like, I can spend $500 or sorry, I can spend $5 and get 200 tickets mm-hmm. and never have to do this shit again. Sure. And as soon as I got them, I stopped playing. 
Because I was yeah. like, well, what's the point of playing? I already have all the tickets. Like, <laughs> I have all the villagers I want. Like, I don't really need to do it again, you know? Like, you have to get, like, rep. Like, I have to do mm-hmm. dailies every day and get my yep. rep up to get certain gears. I mean, it's a lot of mm-hmm. commitment. Yeah. I just yeah. have to be more. I need to teach myself to everything you do, you don't have to do 100%. I don't know. I mean, I I agree with you to a certain extent, but also like, you know, that's the fun in it is that too, like is the obsession about it in the beginning, you know, that's that like, I do not regret at all the hours. I think I have like 700 hours in in (laughs) Animal Crossing. I don't regret any of them. It was fun as shit. It got me through 2020. It was amazing. Like, I'll probably go back one day and flatten my island and redo it. Like, sure. No problem. But, you know, I'm just not in a rush to get back to it yet. But it's always there. I mean, some of that stuff's been really fun. And it's been, yeah, like, old school. Like, God, I remember doing this, like, Mm -hmm. in my early 20s. Yep, yep. It's still there. Like, I mean, you know, look, it was still waiting on you, even when you got back to it. So. You know, in, in some instances, it's it's good, okay to have a little obsession about something like that. You know, we were talking about video games the other day. My daughter came back in and she was like, she doesn't play Fortnite much anymore. She was like super into it for a long time, for several seasons. And the other day she came back, she came in and she was like, hey, can I spend like, she was like, I want to spend $30 on Fortnite. And I was like... I was like, babe, you're welcome to spend your money on it. Like, if that, like that's your money. If that's what you want to spend on it, it's fine. I was like, but you haven't played Fortnite in, like, a month. I was like, do you really want to spend $30 on it? I was like, are you going to play it? And she's like, she's like, I just want the stuff. And she was like, it's limited. Like, if I don't get it now, I'm going to miss out. I wonder if our kids just got the same thing. Exactly. And I was, but I told her, I was like, look. it was $30 he asked for the other day. Yep. But I told her, I was like, look, I said, they designed this game to make you feel like you're missing out if you Mm -hmm. don't get it. I was like, this game is designed to make money. It's made to take your money. And I was like, and if that's what you want to spend it on, that's fine. That's your business. I was like, but you need to recognize that you're going to spend this money and you're not going to get anything in return. And she was like, well, it's fine. She was like, you're right. I don't want to waste my money on it if I'm not going to play it. And she was like, but she was like, maybe I should just go ahead and, and reset it and get all my money back. And I was like... Oh, honey. I was like, that's not how that works. That's she thought, she thought she could reset the game and to start the- and it would get all the money back she spent on all her upgrades. Oh, my God. And I was like, oh, no. She burst into tears because she was like, I've spent so much money on this game. <laughs> like she didn't realize like the hundreds of dollars over like the past three or four years she spent on this game she didn't realize she couldn't get it back that's crazy i never even thought about them thinking that i know i know right oh that was and she just big crocodile tears she's just like that's all my money then you better stick with the game right? (laughs) right i told her i was like look I, but I even I even used our Amazon incident as an example. I said a couple years ago, I said I was going through a hard time with work, and I said, and it's right when the new Harry Potter game came out, and I said I spent a lot of money on that game, and I said, you know what? It made me happy, and I said that's okay. <laughs> I said every now and then you're going to go through something like that in your life where something's going to make you re- feel really good to get through something difficult. 
So I said, it's okay. I said, don't worry about it. It happens to the best of us. And I think that like made her feel better in like some weird way that like I too had wasted money on a video game. (laughs) I was like, imagine how much Melissa has been on Candy Crush. (laughs) A lot. Well, probably, you know, that's probably nothing compared to Pokemon coins at this point. I did that in like my early 20s. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't want to know on Pokemon. that was the same thing with the wizards unite the game when it came out like it was i I seriously sat on my side porch for like eight hours a day and just played it just played it you have a a stop by your house don't you have two in front of my house i don't have that i had there's a gym and a what's the little thing you spin a stop a stop yeah there's a gym and a stop right across like you can sit on you can sit in my office right now and do it yeah that would be dangerous for you that's why I love staying in the city sometimes. When I'm, like, in New York, I'm like, there's three stops right here. <laughs> right here from my hotel room. I'm going yeah. When I'm at home, I can't really do much, so it's kind of off. Um, let's talk about what we're writing right now and what we've got coming next. So uh-huh. you're going to get the second installment of Rural Romance in just a second. And like we said on Tuesday, it's part of this Pink Spring series. So if you've read Small Town Girl, Hometown Hero, or Big City Crush, this book you're about to listen to is a part of that. After this book, Rural Romance, the next release we have is called Prom King. And it's part of a series that we've been working on for a couple weeks now. Mm-hmm. So we've written three books in this series already. I can't believe how far ahead we are. I know. We've written three books in the series and we're writing the fourth now. So it's Prom King, Prom Queen, Take It All. And then we haven't named the fourth one yet. So we'll no, get But there. it's kind of like this. Kind of like Spink, Pink Springs, but in a yeah. new city. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's like uh, it all. So the first um, two books, Prom King and Prom Queen, are um, high school romance. So, but this stemmed from, we had talked about it. I don't know which how we came up with it, but it was basically like, what if a woman is trying to like swindle a guy? Like she's trying to tell him a we fortune. We pushed two things together, I thought. Yeah, it was like, we were like, oh, well, what if... It was like a high school. Oh, oh, okay. So, oh, I mean, it, when it's like been so he comes long. to a rescue. Yeah. Yes. So the high school thing was like we we're like, oh, well, what if we wrote a high school book where the guy like something really embarrassing happens, and then the guy does something equally embarrassing to take the attention off of her. And so that was kind of how we started Prom King. It literally starts with that, with this girl walking in the gym, and she gets a ton of water dumped on her, and the guy's just like takes the shirt, shirt off and is like hey everybody look at me <laughs> so but he embarrasses the mom, himself to save her yeah and so the book goes on and the whole time it's going on both of their parents are kind of in the background and it wasn't like we never intended to write their story Mm-mm. but they just kept popping up in the background and the mom is like she runs cons <laughs> and so she's running the con on the dude's rich dad and the rich dad knows it and is just like, sure, whatever, take all my money, take it all. And so that's kind of how, like, after we wrote the first two books, we were like, we really have to write their parents. Like, we have to. And one of the things we hate because to do. Because he's just so into her. Yeah. He doesn't care. He's obsessed. And he doesn't care. He's like, you can have it all. I don't give a shit. I Gone want you. away. Yeah. <laughs> He's kind of like, you kind of know you're coming on me. Go ahead. What else do you Go want? Go ahead. I'll pretend if you want me to. But, um, <laughs> Challenge. Drain my bank. See if you can do it. <laughs> yeah, luck. exactly. Good <laughs> luck draining all that money. 
you know, we just, one of the things we hate to do when we write is to go back in time and retell what's happened. So we had to do that with this book and it took a while. Like we weren't sure if we were going to do it, but I was like, I would be really pissed if I didn't uh get these scenes that we only got clips of from the kids books. Like I want to know what they were just fighting about right there. Uh Yeah. Yeah. I know. And you were totally right. When I was like, well, let's just get that. Let's just start from the end of the second book and go from there. And you were like, no, no, we can't do that. It'd be so much easier. (laughs) But I was like, as a reader, I would be mad. Well, even still, you were like, what's going on? What's happening? <laughs> you were yeah, asking me like, I don't we always writing know it. what she's thinking, what Leah's thinking. So I'm like, uh-huh. I wonder what she thinks that fight's about. Because it may not necessarily, yeah. a lot of times we're usually on the same page. Uh-huh. But yeah. never too sure. Uh-huh. Well, even like, so we were writing the fourth book in this series last week. And you were like, why did he compare himself to this girl? And I was like, well, it's because of this. And you were like, oh, okay. Like it... Like, you didn't look at it from that side, you know, but I did from his side. Yeah. So, it's funny that we have moments where things like that will come up and happen. Because we usually don't have to ask each other a ton of stuff. But then mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be right here. Yeah. But it's also, I think that's what makes it so nice reading the dual perspective because it literally is two sides. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, one author creating these two characters. And sometimes like you'll say something and you'll realize I didn't take it one way and then I get mm-hmm. to respond to it that way. And then you're yeah. like, oh, <laughs> yeah. so that really, I think, gives real reactions from two uh-huh. different people. Yeah, I do too. I agree. I feel like it gives a more realistic mm-hmm. representation of what like, Maybe not like an actual situation. But that two might different happen people in real life. having a conversation. Yeah, about exactly. Yeah, for sure. I think it gives it that extra voice. So, so prom king should be out in two weeks. I think after this comes out. So, and then we'll slowly, well, every two weeks we'll just release another book in it, and there'll be four books, and it'll be a, it'll be a bundle, and we'll have it in print, and it'll be so pretty. So pretty. I can't wait. So I think that's, I have some read me romance emails. I can save them for next time if you want, or we can do them now. Well, I do want to mention, I know last week that we said, you know, send us your story where your child did something that shocked oh, yeah, you as yeah. a dead. But I also want to hear, like, when you heard this, did your mind flash back to when you were 15 or 16 and you did something to your parents that you were like, motherfucker, especially when you think back on it, like, what has your yeah. view changed on that? Mm-hmm. Did you ever do anything like that where you were like, fuck? Nothing bad. Like, mm-hmm. nothing real bad. Like, the one thing I can think of wasn't even that bad. I think I was in, like, the eighth grade, and I was only allowed to walk home, like, when I talked to my parents and, like, on certain days mm-hmm. or something. And that day, I let my best friend Kristen walk home, who my parents knew since, like, mm-hmm. kindergarten. We've been friends, still friends to this day. She walked home. With me, my mom came home early and caught us. And why I didn't feel like it was that big of a deal, you know, Kristen went ahead and left and mm-hmm. finished her walk home. I heard my mom crying in the bathroom and she got really upset and she said it probably actually changed a huge part of me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Of my high school years of why I wasn't bad. But she was all like, you just never break rules. And am I just about to deal with kind of like what I dealt with your sister? Yeah, yeah. So from um. that moment on, I was like... I'm never breaking a rule again. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was really good. Really good because oh, okay. I didn't want to. I was like, because I knew what they went there. You know, mm-hmm. I might have been young, but I still had first row, front row tickets to it. Yeah. Uh-huh. So after that, nope, I was golden. Oh. I didn't do shit. 
<laughs> well, your daughter is making up for it. <laughs> you, know, you know, they say you're supposed to get the kid that you were, and Peyton is 100%. He is 100% you, yeah. I'm like, I'm getting some of my sister's shit. <laughs> I feel like that with my youngest one. I picked her up from daycare, or not daycare. They went to gymnastics camp this week. They started today. And I go in, and I don't know these people. Like, I mean, this is their first, like, time here or whatever. And um, I go in, and the director comes out. And she's like, I just want you to know we had a little problem with Hallie today. And I was like, okay, what happened? <laughs> she's like, she was hitting her sister, and they were very loud. And she was disrespectful to the teachers. She was, like, whispering all this, like, you know. And I was like... I'm sorry. And she's like, we had to give her a timeout. <laughs> she was very upset about it. Let us all know. Like, it was like she was afraid Hallie was going to hear her. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and I was just like, fuck me. Like, it was so embarrassing because I don't know these people. And the first introduction I have to them is my kids being a dick. I mean, granted, she's doing it to her sister. But, like, I just got in the car, and I was so mad because I was just, like, I was, like, day one? Really? Day one? You're giving them lip? Like, come on. Yeah. I was, like, I don't talk to you like this. Why the fuck do you think you can talk to people like this? I don't talk to other people like this. You don't see me talk to strangers. Why do you think this is okay? I was, like, I don't know. I was, like, that's it. (laughs) Go to your room. (laughs) Like, yelling. And I go upstairs after she's been in her room and she's asleep. And I was like, this is a punishment if you're sleeping. I mean, you're like, I want to be sleeping. <laughs> I want to take a nap. I wish somebody would punish me and send me to my room for a nap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Let's send them into the second installment of Royal Romance. And, oh, don't forget to enter this week's giveaway. We're giving away three paperback copies of the Pink Spring series. So get in it to win it. Um, we'll see you on the other side. Chapter 4 Wes In the library, with the candlestick, Miss Scarlet, I say, narrowing my eyes at Shelley. We're on the floor in the living room, stretched out on either side of the game board, drinking beers. When we got back to the house, she kicked off her combat boots and we piled up pillows next to the fire. It's late, probably close to midnight, but we've been laughing and listening to music while we play game after game. Her mouth pops open in surprise as I reach for the little yellow envelope in the middle of the game board. No! Shelley squeals as she dives across the floor to get it before I do. It's Professor Plum in the kitchen. You cheated! I gasp in mock accusation as I hold the envelope higher so she can't get to it. If you're not cheating, you don't want to win! Her squeal is even louder this time as she falls on top of me, and I begin to tickle her side. No fair! You can't use your hands against me! Without thinking, I roll us over so she's under me and put my mouth to her neck. I blow her raspberry against her skin, and she laughs so hard she loses her breath. It makes me laugh, too, and I look down at her in a fit of giggles. I've never seen anything more beautiful in my life. Her dark hair is down and fanned out across her. She's flushed with happiness, and her tank top is ridden up to reveal her soft belly. With the tip of my index finger, I trace the edge of her shirt and the skin there. 
Her laughter begins to slowly fade as she opens her eyes and looks up at me. The look she had earlier is there once again, and this time I'm not going to let it pass. Wesley? She asks softly as her hands come up and rest on my biceps. Yeah, baby. My voice is husky as I lean down closer. You were not what I was expecting, she admits and swallows hard. That makes two of us. My lips are close to hers as I settle my weight down on top of her body. You've knocked me flat on my ass, Shelley. Is that a good thing? She raises her chin, and I feel the barest brush of her lips. Even before I met you today, you're the best thing that's ever happened to me. Without another word, I close the distance between our mouths and feel her soft, full lips against mine. She parts them quickly, with no teasing or hesitation. My tongue slides in, and I feel the soft, wet heat of hers against it. She's stroking me back as she spreads her legs, and I feel the heat of her on me. Fuck. She tastes good. Like homemade love and summer nights catching fireflies. The connection I have with her is unlike anything I've felt before, and it's like my whole journey has been to find her. She fits perfectly in my arms, against my body, and inside my heart. This kiss doesn't feel like the first time. It feels like we're finally back together after a long separation. There's nothing awkward or new to figure out, only need and desire that's as old as time. My lips move to her chin and then down her neck as I kiss my way to the top of her tank. Take this off, I demand, my voice low and gravelly. She yanks it off in one smooth motion, revealing a cotton bra with cups that are thin and soft. I graze my knuckle over the material and see her nipple peek under it. I lean forward and cover the cotton with my mouth, licking over her nipple and soaking the material. Her nipple is hard against my tongue, and I graze my teeth over it. When I look down at what I've done, I can see the pink through the cotton, and my cock throbs. Licking my lips, I go to the other one and do the same while I pinch the one that's wet. Oh, shit, Wesley. Shelley arches her back and runs her fingers through my hair as she pulls me closer. More, I demand, and her fingers pull harder. Just like that, baby. Let me know you're with me. Pulling down the cups of her bra, I blow across the tight buds and watch them pucker. I growl as I bury my face between them and then suck on the tender flesh underneath. She's so fucking soft and perfect that I can't keep my mouth off of her for more than a second. My fingers find the clasp to her bra and I tear it off of her as she moans louder. I need skin on skin and I need it now. As I move lower, I feel her tug on my shirt. Off, she breathes, and I let her take it from me. Her hands are all over my back and arms as I kiss my way down her stomach into her jean shorts. I bite the soft roll below her belly button as I unbutton her jeans. 
When I look up at her, her eyes are hooded as she watches my every move. This okay? I ask, and she nods quickly, not wanting me to stop. Her nails dig into my shoulders as I kiss her soft belly once again. Then she lifts her hips as I remove her shorts and panties at the same time. Her knees automatically fall open, revealing her smooth cunt already slick with need. Fuck yes. I lick my lips before I hungrily fall onto her wet folds. Oh, shit, Wesley. She tries to wiggle from me, but my grip on her thighs is tight. Fuck, I'm going to... Oh, God, it's too good. I take my mouth away from her sweet little cunt and grin up at her. I think that's kind of the point, baby. Why are you stopping? Her eyes are wide with alarm, and she pushes my face back between her legs. My chuckle is low as I lick over her clit. Yes, ma'am. She relaxes completely into the floor as I eat her pussy up. She's wet and greedy. I slide two fingers inside and curl them up toward her G-spot. It's not long before her orgasm is right at the edge and she's pushing against my mouth. That's it. Don't stop, Wesley. My name is the crescendo to her pleasure, and she climaxes against my tongue. She's so fucking sweet as I lick her slowly, drawing out every bit of the pleasure. I want all she has to give and then some. I'm not sure what's making me so damn possessive, but I can't control it. After she's completely spent, I slide my fingers out of her and lick them clean. Fuck, she's even sweeter inside. Sitting up, I look down at her body that's flushed and sated. Her orgasm has wrecked her, but I'm surprised to still see a spark of need in her eyes. My turn, she says, reaching for my jeans. Chapter 5 Wes I'm bare-chested as she reaches for my jeans, and when she undoes the top button, my cock forces its way out. No underwear? She arches an eyebrow, but there's a dirty smirk on her lips. I don't like the way they feel. I hold her chin in my hand and look down at her. You might as well stop wearing them, too. And why is that? Her cheeks flush and she licks her lips. Pussy that good can't be walking around and not getting eaten. I lean down and brush my lips against hers. And I plan on having it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. When I kiss her, I can still taste her pussy and its fuel to the fire. She grips my cock, and I groan as her tongue slides against mine. I'm going to explode, and I don't want it to be in her hands. Enough, I demand, and I feel her smile against my mouth. Afraid to be unmanned? She kisses me again, and I shake my head. You can do that by just looking at me. I push my jeans down, and then kick them off as I grab her wrists. But I want the first time to be inside you. Her mouth falls open a little as I hook my arm under her knee and spread her wide. You okay with it raw? I look down at her wet pussy 
and my cock drips a bead of cum onto it. Yes. She grabs my waist and positions me at her entrance. Then we lock eyes as I slowly sink into her. Oh, my God. Her eyes close, and she pushes her chin up as I slide more and more of my cock into her. It's long and hard, but she stretches to take my thick length for a perfect fit. I look down at where we're joined and see her clench around me. The sight of her pussy stuffed full is almost enough to make me come. I've never had sex without a condom, but with Shelley, this is right. This is the way we were meant to be. The only thing between us is the invisible rope that ties my heart to hers. Leaning over her body, I want as much of my skin to touch her as possible. Her nails dig into my waist as she holds me steady, and she adjusts. Shit, you're big, she whispers as she circles her hips. Fuck, don't do that, I choke, and she grins. This? And the little devil does it again. You're gonna end this before I've even gotten a chance to start. I reach between us and rub the pat of my thumb over her clit. She hisses, and now it's my turn to grin. That's my girl. Her pussy squeezes me tight as I pull out and slowly sink back in. I take my time rocking back and forth until she's stretched enough that I won't hurt her. Once she's relaxed and her pussy is nice and soft, I go harder and faster. God damn, that pussy is tight. I grit as I plunge deep. Fucking perfect. Every time I give her praise, she clenches, so I keep doing it. Look at you, taking every inch of me. Damn, woman, you were made to ride my cock. More, Wesley? She pulls her knees up to her chest so I can go deeper. That's it, baby. I'm gonna make this pussy mine. Yours, she agrees as her climax gets closer to the edge. I'm not letting you go, I say, and her eyes widen. I mean it, Shelley, not after this. I adjust the angle of my hips and rub her clit with every stroke. She closes her eyes tight as her mouth opens, and then she cries out. She screams my name as she comes, and I feel every single pulse of her pussy around my cock. It's Morse code straight to my dick, and the message is to follow her into paradise. When I come, it's like a rocket, and it takes my breath away. I see black spots dotting the corner of my vision, and I can hardly keep myself from collapsing on top of her. I've had orgasms before, but... This is nothing like that. This is my soul leaving my body and going into hers. I've transcended to another world where the only thing that exists is the two of us. Try as I might, my arms give out and I fall on top of her like a heap of rocks. Instead of her trying to push me away, her arms and legs wrap around me like she can't get close enough. When I hear her sniff... I lean up, worried I've hurt her, but she's smiling at me as the tears roll back from her eyes and into her hair. I wipe them away and nod, because I understand it. 
I can see everything I need to in her eyes, and it's a direct line to my heart. Me too, I say softly, because it's all I can manage to get out. Me too. She pulls me down, and I kiss her soft lips as I begin to move inside her once again. This is the first time I've made love, and I plan on doing it to Shelley for the rest of my life. Chapter 6 Wes When I woke up this morning, it was with Shelley sprawled over my chest and my arms and legs wrapped tight around her. We slept like kudzu without an inch of space between us. It was the best morning I've ever had, and that's not because it started out inside of her, but because when my eyes opened, she was still there, still real. Part of me wondered if I'd dreamed it all. Meeting my best friend for the first time, and then falling head over heels in love, because that's exactly how it happened, and that's exactly how I feel. I'm completely and madly in love with Shelley O'Neill. All right, big guy, hold still. She turns on the tattoo needle, and I smile up at her. Do your worst. The corner of her lip quirks up, and I laugh. Wait, no, do your best. Make up your mind, she sighs, shaking her head. I put my hand around the back of her neck and pull her down for a kiss. It's meant to be quick, but all too soon, the spark between us lights into an inferno, and all I want to do is bend her over this bench and fuck her hard and rough. Are you sure we have to do this now? She asks, reading my thoughts. If I take you back home, I'm not letting you out of bed again. Would that be such a terrible thing? She raises an eyebrow and I kiss her again, this time quickly before I release her. I want your ink on me, and the sooner the better. Her cheeks flush, and she looks so sweet and innocent when she does it. I settle back onto the table, and she winks before she turns the gun on again and gets started. She's tattooing the bare space over my heart, which is a spot I've had reserved for the woman I'm going to marry. I haven't told her that yet, but when I do, she'll know that I knew she was the one right away. I didn't tell her what I wanted, just that I wanted her to make her mark, so I'm excited to see what she comes up with. As she tattoos me, I get to stare at her uninterrupted. Her hair is in a high ponytail and she's wearing dark red lipstick. The black around her eyes makes the hint of gold in them pop, and I'm mesmerized as she works. She's wearing one of my t-shirts that she knotted up at her belly, and the same cut-off jean shorts as yesterday. As I think about peeling them off of her again and eating that sweet little pussy, I hear her laugh. I think this might be the first time a guy has gotten an erection while getting tattooed. She shakes her head and leans down to give me another quick kiss. I would say I'm sorry, but I'm not. Save it for later, she winks and goes back to the ink. This morning, we went next door and had breakfast with my grandmother. Ophelia and Shelley talked the whole time nonstop about flowers and cross-stitching while I cooked. My chest swelled with pride at seeing them bond, 
and I guess I never realized how much I'd told my grandmother about Shelley until then. The way they talked, you'd think they were the ones that were emailing for all those months, but in a way I'm glad. Shelley walked right into my life and fit like the missing piece we've all been waiting for. All right, stud, you're done. Her smile is wicked and a little teasing as she cleans me off and then removes her gloves. Sitting up from the table, I walk over to the mirror I have on the studio wall to see what she's created. When I see the image fully like this, I turn around and look at her with wide eyes. You hate it? Her eyebrows are pulled together with worry, and I shake my head. I love you, I say, because it's the only thing that's in my head right now. Her lips part a little and I hear her quick inhale of breath as she brings her hands to her mouth. I didn't know it, but I was falling in love with you a year ago when we first started talking. You became my best friend, and the person I can't live without. Then you showed up, and it was like I'd been on pause, and you hit play. I hold out my hands. I don't know how else to explain it, but you're my missing piece. I point to my chest, and I see the tears in her eyes. This is exactly what you are to me. The tattoo is of an anatomically correct heart, but it's been divided into puzzle pieces to make it look like a cartoon. There are two pieces that are being fit together in the middle, with Ophelia written on one and Shelley on the other. I feel my own tears prick my eyes as I take a step toward her. I love you, Shelley O'Neill. Now and forever. I love you too, Wesley. She's careful not to touch the fresh tattoo as I pull her against me, lean down, and kiss her. This kiss seals the deal, and now there's no way she's ever leaving my arms again. I want you to live here with me, but if you really want to go back to the city, I'll figure out a way to make it work. My place is with you. She looks up at me, and I wipe the tears away. I love you. I don't think I'll ever be able to say it enough, I admit, and she blushes. I don't think I'll ever be able to hear it enough. Slap some rap on me, woman. I'm ready to have my way with you. She giggles as she grabs the ointment and puts the plastic over my new tattoo. I keep looking at it in the mirror the whole time, and I can't get over how beautiful and perfect it is. One day I'm going to get my mark on you. I turn her around to face the mirror and place my hand on her lower belly. But first, I'll put it in here. She pushes her ass against my hard cock as I kiss her neck and nibble on her ear. Looks like we're fucking in the tattoo shop. Hands against the wall, I say before I bite down on her earlobe. When she does as I ask, I pull her shorts down to her knees and unbutton the top of my jeans. This is going to be quick. I didn't lock the front door, but I can't wait any longer. Her grin is dirty as I slide the tip of my cock through her wet folds and then thrust in hard. She pushes her ass back and meets my thrust as her greedy pussy clenches around me. She was made for me to fuck, 
but also to make love. That's what I love most about Shelley. I get all sides of her and then some. She doesn't hold back, and that's what I want in life. A partner that'll stand beside me, but also someone for me to take care of. Looking in the mirror, I watch the ecstasy fall across her face. I glance up and see the reflection of my new tattoo. She put her mark on me, and that sign of ownership makes my cock harder. The only thing I ever wanted in life was to be wanted and loved. I got that with my grandmother, but with Shelley, it's the real deal. She didn't have to love me or care about me, yet she does. And that's what makes her so fucking special. I love you, baby. Come on my cock for me. Reaching around her hip, I rub her pussy as I thrust deep, and then I feel her come apart. She cries out, and I have no choice but to join her in going over the edge. I was right. This was quick, but I plan on taking my time once we get back home. I love you too, she says after a moment. In the mirror, I see her eyes are heavy-lidded as I pull out and then lift her shorts up to cover her ass. After I tuck my cock back into my jeans, I grab my shirt and put it on. When she turns around to face me, I give her a quick kiss and lift her in my arms. Hey, what are you doing? She laughs but hugs me around the neck and rests her head under my jaw. Carrying my bride home? Oh, yeah? I must have missed a proposal back there. She giggles as she flips the lock for me and I carry her out of the shop. Don't need one, I tease and she smacks my chest. Of course you do. I'm not taking any chances with you saying no. We're getting married and that's the end of it, I say firmly and she smiles from ear to ear. Okay, I can live with that as a proposal. Good. Now, let's go tell Ophelia the news. She snuggles close to me once again as I carry her into the sunset. Epilogue Shelley Ten years later Mrs. Holland, your son Jacob was caught fighting at recess today, and it's protocol that we contact the parents. Melinda, are you sure? I eye the principal skeptically because this is not like my Jacob. Now, Ryan, yes, I could see him doing this, but I peeked into his second grade class on my way into the school and he was doing just fine. Jacob, on the other hand, is my angel. Jacob would never physically hurt another child. That's not him at all. That's another reason I asked you to come in instead of just a phone call. She waves me to come over to the window, and I follow her over to it. We've separated the boys, but Lisa Larson has been by Jacob's side since the incident. She looks over at me and presses her lips together. I think it might have been because of her. Outside the window, Jacob is sitting on a bench. Next to him is Lisa, and she's holding his hand. I can't hear what they're saying, but they're whispering to each other. That's his best friend, I say and shrug. If anyone was messing with her, that's probably why he got in the fight. 
If you don't mind talking to him, I'd appreciate it, Melinda says, and I know she's just doing her job. Will do, I nod and exit her office. When I walk outside, I go over to the bench where the two of them are sitting. Hey, buddy, you okay? Yeah, he says solemnly. Lisa looks up at me and smiles softly. Hey, Mrs. Holland. She stands and gives me a hug. Don't be mad at Jacob. It's not his fault. Adrian Stowe called me fat and Jacob punched him in the mouth. Good boy. I hear from behind me and turn around to see my husband. Wesley? I raise an eyebrow but try to hide my smile. Sorry I'm late, he says and comes over to kiss my cheek. Why don't we give them a minute? I say to Lisa and take her hand and walk toward the big oak tree. Are you okay? I ask her and she nods. Yeah, I'm fine. Adrian was just trying to get under his skin. Besides, even if he thinks I'm fat, who cares? He's a jerk. You're not wrong, I say, trying my best not to talk shit on a little kid. Jacob is just so easy to rile up when it comes to me. She sighs, and there's still so much concern in her eyes. That's because you're his best friend. I squeeze her hand, and she nods. I know how you feel, Lisa. You want to protect Jacob because you care about him. That's what you do for people that are important to you. Mrs. Holland, I love him, she says, and my heart melts. I know, baby, and he loves you too. Some people might think they're too young to talk like this, but in my heart, I know that Jacob is just like his father. There's a sweet, quiet way about him, but once his mind is made up, that's it. When these Holland boys find love, they fall hard, and I can see that Jacob is going to follow in Wesley's footsteps. All right, kids, let's go back to class, Melinda says, and I turn around to see Wesley standing up and Jacob looking much happier. Bye, Mrs. Holland, Lisa says as she gives me one more quick hug and goes back into the building with Jacob. He smiles at me and waves as Melinda ushers them back to class. What did you say to him? I purse my lips and put my hands on my hips. Wesley smiles as he wraps his arms around me and kisses me on the tip of my nose. The next time, he needs to punch the kid behind the bleachers so he doesn't get caught. Wesley! I slap his chest and he kisses my lips. You're going to get us kicked off campus. I glance around, making sure no one can see us. He's foolish about that girl, he says, and I can see the soft look in his eyes. Sounds like you speak from experience. You mean that I'd do anything for the woman I love? He cups my face, all teasing aside. Yeah, that's my experience. I wish I would have been lucky enough to have met you at ten. I'd give anything to love you longer. If my tubes weren't tied, I'd be pregnant from that statement alone. I smile up at him, and he kisses me quickly. Then I squeal loudly as he tosses me over his shoulder and marches toward the parking lot. Let's go home and test out those knots. Wesley! I shout and slap his ass. He smacks my ass right back as he stomps down the sidewalk. 
Pink Springs should be used to his antics by now, but I don't think I'll ever be. All this time, and it still feels like we just fell in love. This is the happily ever after I've always dreamed of. This has been Rural Romance by Alexa Riley. Read for you by Gavin McAllister. Welcome back. Hi. Thanks for being with us this week. Joining us back with season nine. I'm sure we'll post up somewhere all the authors that we have coming this season. We're super excited to have everybody with us so many freaking weeks. Up next week, we've got with us is Mae Harden with a brand new book. It's called Anyone But You. And I'm so excited. She was like the first one out of everybody to turn in her book, like immediately. I was like, man, I love this. Thank you. Like she had all her stuff. She was like, here's my cover. Here's my bow. Here's my book. And I was like, damn, get it, girl. Like she was even before us and our audio book played before her. I know. It was great. All right. It was great. So I'm super excited about it. Just send in those emails. Yes. Send in those emails. And I'll save these for next week. We'll do a bunch of emails. We're going to do May's week. Well, tell them what to do. Fuck your day up. Make today your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye, guys. Bye. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read me romance. Read, read me romance.